0: Thank you. Good morning. How is everyone? You okay? Yeah? Great. Well, as we said before, we're starting our new sermon series, Level Up, this morning. Um, So we're really excited just to delve in. We're going to be delving into 1 Corinthians. So I'm going to start just by reading the passage that I've just been reflecting on this week. And it's 1 Corinthians 3, and it's verse 1 to 3, if you wanted to follow along. Brothers and sisters... I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is still quarrelling and jealousy among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? I wonder what you think of when you think of Level Up. We've been doing a game today about video games and you can see on the um, image for this, it's a bit of a Pac-Man image as well. And when I was growing up, we had really high-tech games console. You might have heard of this one. It was a PlayStation 1 taking it back there. I don't know how, if any of you had PlayStation 1, but it was pretty fun. But I had I had two favorite games on the PlayStation 1. The first one was Spyro, where you were like this little, yeah, Curtin is that one. You were like a little purple dragon. You had to complete these different quests, collect some gems on the way. There was like lava that you had to avoid. And my sisters, when I was younger, they used to like to give me lots of nicknames. And one of my nicknames was Toast, because whenever I played Spyro, I would always end up in the lava and get turned into Toast. I wasn't, although it was one of my favourites, I wasn't the best at it. But my other favourite game that was me and my sister Harriet's favourite game was the Harry Potter game. And there was this one level in Harry Potter game that we just really struggled with. You were like trapped in this room with like a troll chasing you and you had to like try and fly out. And it was really, really hard. And we got stuck on it for ages. And it was like the checkpoint. So every time we went back into the game, it would start there again and again. And there was one day where I just sat down and was like, right, I'm going to beat this level today. I'm going to do it. So I played it. I don't know how long it took me, but it took me a long time to finally beat this level. But once I would beat it, it like opened up this like whole new part of the castle that I hadn't seen before. There was different like games that I hadn't been able to access before that I could now play. And it was just really cool. And my sister was also pretty annoyed that I'd beat that level before she did. So that was also a little added little bonus for me. When we choose to be a Christian and we choose to let Jesus into our life, we're choosing to play the game, we're picking up the controller and we're ready to play. But that's only just the beginning, isn't it? Choosing to follow Jesus isn't, isn't the finish line, it's the starting point. And through this series of Level Up, as I said, we're going to be journeying through 1 Corinthians. And 1 Corinthians is a letter, it was written by Paul to the church that he planted in Corinth. Now, Corinth at that time, it was known for its, its unashamed immorality, for sexual impurity. Prostitution was the social norm in Corinth. They had a temple which was called the Temple of Aphrodite, which symbolized lust. Idolatry was also a big issue. That, as well as that temple, there was other temples where people would go and worship idols and sacrifice animals. So Paul had planted this church in Corinth, converting people from that culture of immorality to Christianity. And he was now off planting churches in different areas. And as he's doing this, he's hearing reports about what's going on in that church in Corinth. And cliques had started forming. It wasn't quite as he'd left it, really. The people in the church were beginning to reflect what was going on in the society instead of reflecting Jesus There was divisions in the church, they were quarrelling, there was sexual impurity. They were interpreting biblical teachings in a way that suited them, particularly around marriage. And they'd even stopped believing in the resurrection of Jesus. As well as these reports that Paul was hearing, the Corinthians themselves had also written to Paul, asking for his advice on a number of issues that had been dividing them and splitting them up. And so comes the Corinthians. Paul writes these letters to them addressing each of these issues. And in the passage that I just read from 1 Corinthians, verse 3, Paul starts by saying, I can't address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. And another translation of that refers to them as being people of the flesh. So in other words, they weren't weren't acting any differently from how they'd been acting before. They were still acting in the same way as they had been before they let Jesus into their lives. They'd accepted Jesus into their lives, but there was, no, there was no change. There was no outward showing of that. When we read the wording in the passage of Corinthians, of being of the Spirit or of being worldly, it reminds me of those lists that we read in Galatians 5, the, the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. And those works of the flesh, when you read them, are really similar to the issues that are described here to be going on in Corinth. The sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness. And if you know the verse, you'll know that it goes on to say, I warn you as I warned you before. People who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a big difference, isn't there, between those two lists? And so there should be a big difference between people of the Spirit and people of the flesh. Paul goes on to describe the people of Corinth as mere infants in Christ, saying they're not ready for solid food, just milk. Both of my boys were fed just milk for the first six months of their lives. That's what what babies need. It's what's recommended for them. It's what their bodies can cope with, what their bodies can digest at that age. And as they get bigger and they get older, their bodies become ready to start digesting more solid foods as well. So, Eli now, he has solid foods, but he also has milk alongside that. Toby, he's a bit older, so he has just solid foods, and that's just what they both need. But if Eli, at nearly one, was still having just milk, he wouldn't be growing and thriving in the way that he is now, with having that mixture of solid foods and milk. If he wasn't having those solid foods, he wouldn't be able to reach his full growth potential but it's a process, isn't it? Eli isn't born and going straight onto solid foods. He has to go through that process of having milk to be ready for those solid foods. And in the same way, when we become Christians and we accept God into our lives, we begin a process, a process of growing and maturing from worldly people into people of the spirit. In other words, into looking more like Jesus. And often we think of change as a negative thing, don't we? It's, it's a bit scary, change. We don't, we don't like it. We try and run away from it. We try and avoid it. We can blame change for a breakdown of relationship. You know, I, I used to get on with that person, but they, they kind of changed now. We used to have a lot of things in common, but, you know, they're just not the same person that they used to be. We think of it as a bad thing. But that's because the human in us likes comfort. The human in us likes familiarity. But Jesus didn't call us to a comfortable and a familiar life. He called us to a life of change. And in this context, change isn't a bad thing. In fact, it's the goal. The goal is to change from our worldly selves into the image of Jesus. And to change in that way is to grow and to mature in our faith. We shouldn't look and act and think the same way now as we did before. We let Jesus into our lives. Or even at the start of letting Jesus into our lives, we should be constantly growing and maturing in our relationship with God. If we did, we'd become stagnant. And our faith would become stagnant. There's a quote that I found that says, What people don't understand is that maturity isn't just something that happens as you get older. Maturity is that moment where you see yourself for who you truly are and realise all the things you need to change. I'll say that again. What people don't understand is that maturity isn't something that just happens as you get older. Maturity is that moment where you see yourself for who you truly are and realise all the things you need to change. So as we mature in our faith and in our relationship with God, we should be challenging ourselves We should be disagreeing with ourselves. We should be constantly changing and evolving. Changing is growing. So if we're not changing, then we're not growing. And like the process of a baby transitioning from milk onto solid foods, it doesn't happen immediately. It's a process. It's a journey. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be familiar. But it will lead us closer to Jesus. And it will allow us to reach our full potential in Christ. In Matthew 26, Jesus takes his disciples with him to Gethsemane and they pray. And he says to his disciples, you, you stay here and I'm going to go over there and pray. And when he returned to them, he found them all asleep. And he's like, guys, I've only been gone an hour. Could you not have just kept watch for me just for that one hour? And he says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing But the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now you might have been sitting here while I've been talking and thinking, yeah, that sounds great. I'm up for that. You know, I want to change to become more like Jesus. Maybe your spirit is willing. You're willing to change. But there's that temptation of worldly things, of the flesh, that stops you from growing. Maybe you've been a Christian for many years and feel like your growth has halted or become stagnant. Are you changing? Are you evolving? Are you growing? What's stopping you? Maybe you're here or you're listening online and and you're new to faith. This is all new to you. Are you ready? Are you ready to go on that process of change and of growth? I'm going to give us a little moment just to reflect on on that, on those questions, and then I'm going to pray for us. Father, we want to be a people of change, Lord. We don't want to come back each week being the same person that we were the week before. We want to be changing, we want to be growing to look more like you, Father. Would you change us so that we love like Jesus? Would you change us so that we forgive like Jesus? Would you change us so that we accept like Jesus? Would you change us so that we stand up for injustice like Jesus? Father, change us to look more like you.